0: Who's Leslie? What a blessing! Woo, that was worth coming for that. All right, young people make their way out to junior church at this time. Young people can make their way out to junior church. The bambinos and the gumshoes. The rest of you can turn your Bibles to John chapter number eleven. The Gospel of John chapter number eleven. Wow. Well. Good seeing you all here this morning. You know, I told Jenny this morning, I said, I don't know. I so said, we got a lot of people out today, so I'd be curious. But, uh, I'm, you know, props to you. But, you know, as a friend of mine used to say, when you're a pastor, you just, uh, you don't preach for anybody other than to an audience of one, really, to proclaim what God tells you to. So, I'm excited to be here this morning. We're going to begin a new series that uh, I have entitled, God, Where Are You? God, Where Are You? Um, there are events and even seasons of life, in my experience, where I have struggled knowing if God was anywhere close to me. And you'd say, that sounds crazy. You know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can almost feel as distant from God in the middle of serving Him from everybody else's main perspective that you're busy doing something. But just because you're busy doing something even if it is a spiritual endeavor, it doesn't necessarily mean that personally my relationship with God is particularly close. Um, now, if you live that way as a pattern of behavior, you become, I guess technically you'd be a, a hypocrite. But I would submit to you that anybody, any Christian, and every, even every Christian who is, whether you're a pastor or whether you're involved in some kind of ministry, that there can be times where there are spiritual struggles where it seems like God is just a long way away. Um, Sometimes Christians are very fearful to even acknowledge such a thing for fear that maybe someone's going to judge them and well, you're not very spiritual, and we're not supposed to have any doubts, and we're not supposed to have any wondering or, you know, evaluating why is God doing or not doing something. Matter of fact, maybe sometimes we're afraid even to acknowledge it to God. I've known some Christians that seem to have the mindset, basically, they're afraid that if they had voiced these kind of things to God, they he might kick them out, you know, kick them out of the family. Or maybe, you know, some pastors get up here and say, well, if you have these kind of problems, you know, you, your problem is you didn't really mean it in the first place. You're not, you, 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 you didn't, mean it, so you're not really, I know you thought you were really saved and part of the family, but no, you're not. Um, by the way, I never find anywhere in the Bible where we are commanded to doubt someone's salvation. And before you think you know a couple of verses that are, I would challenge you to evaluate those couple scriptures uh, that maybe some of you who are uh, a little savvy might think you know. But I don't find that to be the general pattern of, of, as a spiritual leader, telling the people that are trying to grow in their faith to get them to doubt whether even of the faith. And Even tonight or this weekend as we are in the Halloween season, the fall season, I'm so thankful that as a pastor and as a Christian and reading the Word of God, that God's Word is really very simple and very clear, especially in the evangelistic book of John, that salvation is a free gift. And that's why last couple of weeks I preached a message, uh, The Grace Life. If you have any questions on that, you can click, uh, click on the link above. I don't know if Oscar will put one there, but, you know, The Grace Life, the part one. And uh, I'll, I'll cover that in depth. That, that the Bible's very clear that going to heaven is a free gift that God offers you and I through the finished work of Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, the verse I used as our text verse in that series, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it's the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast and so it's just a matter of god doing all the work god did the uh, paid the price for my sin and your sin and the sin of the whole world and now he offers you and i forgiveness and heaven as a free gift he offers us everlasting life for anyone who will simply believe him for it are you believing jesus christ for eternal destiny today is he your savior this morning that's why even as a in the community I, I particularly love, matter of fact, I would, I'm always, anytime we're doing evangelism, I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> but one of my favorite evangelism ideas and, that we do around here is our track and treat um, outreach that will tonight we will be prepping for, and tomorrow as kids go trick or treating, we have uh, you know, I should have trademarked this because I think I was one of the early ones. I don't know, you know, sometimes you, you Google something, you're never the first, but this was many years ago. I came up with this idea of called you know, track and treat because everybody was doing trunk and treat, you know, these other trunks and all that. And I'm like, we gotta do something different, you know, I wanna be a little outside the box. And my burden was the community, and one of the things that, that was passionate to me. Is is the fact that we take all throughout the year I encourage you all to give out gospel tracts and to try to be a witness to your neighbors And if you live in you know, like a, a neighborhood where the houses are closer together you live out in the country You probably still know your neighbors, but you got to take a tractor to get there, you know something like that But it, it, I want to get to know them and I, I want to give them the gospel And even as a church we try to get out in the community and go to doors and it's hard today People don't like you coming up to their doors. Do you like people coming up to your doors? Sometimes I wonder why Christians, we, like, we change our hat. And I'm like, just ask yourself, if, if, if you were them, and which, you know, would you want to be there? So that's why we, you know, we limit that a little bit. And when we do, we're a little bit different around that. Because that's just the way the culture is today. And my goal is not to impress some methodology. Well, this is the way we've always done it. No, my goal is to get the gospel to them. That's my goal. And it ought to be all of our goal. And I know there are some folks, when it comes to this issue... Uh, have differing opinions. I, I, I read a, a pastor friend of mine this week, and you know he and I didn't talk. I'd like to. I'd have a discussion with him, you know. But you know he's become really it didn't used to be, but he's become really you know Christians and Halloween. They can't do anything with Halloween. You know, it's the devil's the devil's thing. And I understand the pagan heritage, but I would ask him. You know, we're pretty sure that Christmas is the winter solstice, and it's there's a lot of paganism around around Christmas trees and all that. Are you gonna you know if you're not gonna do Christmas and have a Christmas tree, that at least be consistent about. About it, you know, and the New Testament has a lot very relevant about believers in that day that in Rome and in, in, you know, the whole Roman Empire that now they're becoming believers. And yes, there were a lot of pagan religions and there were pagan ceremonies. And then part of it was also very cultural as well. And so there's a lot of information in the New Testament about these debatable things about meat that had been offered to idols that you could get cheaper and I'm sure that the first Christians in Acts were Baptists because they were cheap, you know, and they wanted cheap meat, you know. So and Paul wrote about it and said, you know, it's nothing. An idol doesn't mean anything. If you can buy cheap meat and it doesn't offend you, then go ahead and buy it. But if you're somebody that says, oh, that's been offered to idols, and I used to be an idol wor- you know, worshiper, so I don't want to do that, well, then don't do it. The Bible's clear in Romans chapter 10 and in 1 Corinthians and in Galatians that some people esteem one day, others esteem others higher, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So if it's an offensive thing to you, that's, that's between you and God. And many years ago, I went to the men's leadership team and I shared this burden with them and I said, here's how I, I just want you all to know how I feel about it. I said, you know, I used to be, oh, you know, we can't do this and that. And, and by the way, the Bible does say principally that as Christians, we are to be simple concerning evil. And that's why if you, the, the, now I'm going to give you Ken's, this, I'm going to step out over here a little bit, all right? This is what we did, more my personal opinion, you do you, because I struggle to raise my own kids. I mean, look at my messed up one in, in the back back there, right? So <laughs> she's my poster child. <laughs> uh, you know, this is my other one, huh? <laughs> all right. Come on, Allison, that was funny, right? Okay, my daughter's, you know, I'll get to that in a minute. But at any rate, I, I, I thought to myself as a parent, I'm not going to dress my children up you know, we, didn't, we never let our kids go trick-or-treating as witches or anything that had to do with the occult. We, I, I, there, there, there is no denying there's some evil in some of the, some of the heritage that, that, that it's not good. But also in America today, a lot of it is, is cultural. And for me, my turning point was as I was studying these things, I said to me, one of these days I was kind of like, I was wrestling with this thing, what do we do about this, you know, as a dad and then as a pastor. And I am like, Oh, we better not. No, we got to be careful. We got to do this. And finally, I went, wait a minute. Let me think about this. Doesn't the Bible say that every day is God's day? This is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I just decided one of these days, you know what? It's 365 days in a year, you know, in the normal event of things. And personally, I'm not recognizing Satan's leadership in any of them. He doesn't get one night of the year where it's going to modify my thing. And I thought to myself, why am I going to, going to close my door and turn my light off for some kind of spiritual stance? So, when for one night of the year, instead of me chasing down my community to give them the gospel, they're going to come to my door. I'm, I'm in on that. And that's where track and treat came from. Like, they're going to come to my door. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say, hey, it's nice, and get out there and talk. And as I've shared with you, I, I found it amazing when I was a parent and I would go around with, with my kids um, and stuff, how the neighbors that wouldn't talk to me throughout the entirety of the year would, for some reason, on that night in the middle of the street would talk to me. You know what I'm talking about? There's just this atmosphere. So Man, I'm... I'm I, I started going. I'm, this is back in Florida when kids remember that alley. We'd go when on Banyan Drive. We'd go around there. I'd just talk to all kinds of people. That many of them knew. They'd find. Oh, you're the pastor. I had no idea that some of the neighbors that lived five, eight houses down knew who I was and what I did. Yeesh. <laughs> made me a little nervous. <laughs> you know, they knew. But I'd get out there now. I, I would talk to them and I'd decide to say, No, Lord, I'm not giving Satan one night. And I kind of feel like the reason this fires me up so much is like tonight, after Awana, we're going to have tables set up here in the back of the auditorium, and we'll have thousands of pieces of pieces of candy with some little bags, and we will put No Junk for Jesus candy in there, and we will put a gospel track in there, and I thought we ought to put one of our little invite cards, you know, the, the invite cards, and if next week you can tell Pastor Danny when we, we should do it. We haven't done that in a while. We have a thousand ping pong balls and watch him go all nervous when he doesn't have a thousand of them. Um, he likes to plan ahead. Sorry, Pastor Danny. So, but I guess he's watching, so now he knows. Me and my big mouth. At any rate, we, we, uh, tonight we're going to prepare the potentiality to give out a thousand gospel tracts in a matter of a few hours. I'm just saying it's a pretty good investment. And I love the fact that theologically, the position we hold at this church is it also is a great demonstration of a free gift that they come. There's no expectation. There's no nothing. Matter of fact, sometimes they're teenagers or they're like in their 40s. <laughs> they still want candy. 40-year-olds still want candies. And Okay, here you go. But it's a free gift. No strings attached. And I don't know um, that heaven, only heaven will tell more than likely where some of the tracks that we sent out on track and treat night, where those gospel tracks end up. I don't know. I think one day we'll find out, and we're going, wow. And so I'm thankful to know that salvation is this free gift and that we're in the family of God. Now, back to really my my topic. Sorry, my my rant is over. Um, There you go. Uh, I'm going to give out the gospel here. But in your life, you're going to go, if you're a Christian, there are going to be seasons as you grow that God will allow you into desert times or times where you're growing and you, you start to have a question about something. Or maybe there's some things that will happen in your life that are really, really difficult and really, really painful. And these are times in our life that lead to brokenness. And one of the things, as, as you grow older in life, brokenness can get even more deep. You know, if you're you're a young person here, the brokenness that you experience in your life and the questions you have is very legit. It's a legitimate thing, and I in no way wanted to mean that at all. I wish when I was a teenager and I had questions about my faith, I wish I would have had some more leadership around me that would have been willing to discuss those things and made an environment where I could freely ask the question, hey, I'm not getting this, I don't understand. But as you get older... It, you keep thinking, oh, it's going to get easier. And, and you go through times in your life where God allows things and you look around and you're going, okay, God, anytime now, where, where are you? I know in my own life, I can, as I was meditating and thinking about this, just in very shortly, a couple of things. I remember when we stepped away from our first pastorate in faith, and and we didn't have another we didn't find another pastorate and so I figured God would give me one and we stepped away and God took us to a place of financial emptiness and loneliness. And during that time for several months, it was like no matter when I prayed, it was just complete silence. The second time in my own personal life a few years ago was when God allowed a, a, a major health battle into my life that would remain to this day. And the pain that was involved physically in particular, I, I wrote in my notes, but Jenny, doesn't even know some of this, I, I remember, uh, you know, isn't there, isn't there little rules on how much Tylenol and Advil you're supposed to be able to take on a daily basis? I'm pretty sure that I came close to ODing on Tylenol or Advil. And, uh, and you say, oh, enough. I'm sorry if that makes you a little judgmental. I'm, I'm sorry, don't you know, get mad at me. But when, when uh, the Lord allows some, some tremendous pain and suffering in your life, Call me back later, and then I'll, I'll talk to you about it. But I was like, a couple more Tylenol. You know, the, the, the last 15 weren't helping out. Please don't take that much Tylenol. That's hyperbole, all right, a little bit. My wife keeps far too close tabs on me. You know, they're all numbered, all our Tylenol, one, two, three. Um, no, I didn't take that much, right? But I took dangerous amounts because I just wanted a little relief. And I had never prayed for God to consider maybe my time on this planet was over and praying maybe God, I wouldn't mind if, if that was the case. I would ask Him, you know, what did I do wrong? Is there some area I need to get right? And then when I'd pray, and, and it was bad enough that He would say no. Sometimes it was bad that, 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 that He would say nothing. And trust me, and I'm going to speak on behalf of the other pastors of our ministry, and if you've been a Christian a while, you know, yeah, you say, Is that when you're pastoring? Yeah, I'm trying to pastor a church and tell everybody else how to know God. And I'm looking around in my own personal life at night going, God, I have no idea where you are. And I would say to God, don't you care? Can't you see? Now, I hope this moment of transparency doesn't cause you, if it does lose faith, it's, I'm just sorry, I'm going to be raw with you here this morning. Because sometimes I think we set up this false thing that somebody like like me gets up here and because I whatever uh, that some of these things that you're wrestling with that you're some kind of strange person and no one else has those things. No. God allows struggles in our lives and God calls us to desert experiences for specific reasons in our life and as I go through them and I look back some point in time I go, okay God I see it now. i don't see it really back good then now i know i really would tell you oh pastor don't worry god's got something in this you know isn't that the last thing you want to hear when you're in when you feel that way you're like i don't know where god is oh don't worry boy god's got it you know he was like oh yeah yeah sure go just leave me alone go away you know um basically I, I i put in my notes have you ever hurt beyond hope now maybe you haven't and if that's your case I'm not, I know all of us in here have hurt, but I'm talking about where you got to the spot in your life where you hurt so bad that hope left the room. Those are times where we're looking around and going, God, where are you? If there's ever a story in the Bible that brings these thoughts into view, it's the story that takes place in the context of a family and a family that was in crisis. A family that is in a health crisis that suffers the death of one of their own. And again, if you've been blessed to be part of a family that's really close and you've lost one of your dear loved ones, I know this morning as soon as I say that, that person comes to your mind and it hurts. And the story we're going to go over, the story of Martha and Mary and Lazarus over the next several weeks as we go through John chapter number 11, oftentimes I think the story... And I'm guilty of this. We go over it very quickly and we take it very lightly. And I don't think we a lot of times top, stop and take a look into the level of human suffering that we're going to see throughout this story. We know the basic story that Martha and Mary and Lazarus are siblings you know brothers and sisters and lazarus the brother gets sick and he dies and jesus comes and brings him back to life there's there's john 11 all right how do you like that i did that in you know five seconds you go man pastor you can make this really short yes i could um but jesus comes and brings him back to life you know that has a happy ending and but that's great uh but they at the time understand they didn't know how things were going to work out we see that throughout the story and they lived through a heartbreaking time and struggled to know if jesus really cared Matter of fact, this morning, we're just going to, this morning's basically just an introduction. It's not as long this morning, so you've picked a good day to come. But um, I want you to see in John 11, and look at me at verse number 21. All right? These are going to be like our text verses, two verses here, verse 21 and verse 32 of John 11. Verse 21 uh, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, that's Martha. We know Martha, the busy one, the one who's always, you know, busy serving and, you know, had her mind going a million things. And she wasn't the spiritual one, quote unquote, although I would disagree with that uh, viewpoint totally. But we all know Mary was very spiritual and worship minded. And Mary, the other sister, we, we find her response and her response in verse 32. So there, John 11, verse 30, 11, verse 32. And when Mary was come where Jesus was, she saw him and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord. If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, here you find these siblings, Martha and Mary, and then her brother Lazarus, and we know throughout the story that they're very different personalities. They they had very different giftedness. Isn't it amazing how you look around at your brothers and sisters? You ever looked at them and looked and said, how in the world do you come from the same DNA that I do? Matter of fact, I go even farther and and praise God, and I'm very passionate about this. And I, um, when you are blessed with the complete blessing of adoption, one of the things that's been amazing to me is our adopted daughter, her attitudes, her mannerisms, some of the things she manifests are very similar. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? it? It's this thing that God does. He brings us into family, and we're brothers and sisters. Now, if you have them here this morning, if you are not in here in the building, but if you have brothers and sisters in your life, I hope and pray that you have good relationships with them. Uh, I was thinking about how best to define them, and I was, you guys like pictures because some of you don't do well with reading, so I provide pictures for you, um, and try to get cats, I don't think this is a cat one, but when you're excited to see your, finally to see your sister, and then you realize she's wearing your clothes, you know, my sister did not have another sister, she didn't have to live with that, but if you have two sisters, you, I've, I've seen that, you know, I go, let's pick on brothers a little bit, I have a brother, and my brother is a blessing to me for this reason, here's, here's another meme for brothers, uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm ugly, then I look at my brother and I get over it. (laughs) As bad as I look, you know, I look at my brother and I go, "Ah, I'm not that bad, you know, it could have been worse, look at you. I am thankful, Um, if you don't know, I just brag a little bit on my my brother and sister's picture. Uh, After that, Jenny, Jenny and I, that's my sister and my brother Steve, he he works for the Wilds. My sister is a full-time transcriptionist and uh, I'm very, very blessed to be an old guy, all of us are old at this point, and be very close. And I, I love my siblings. Now, I didn't, couldn't find the best picture with Jenny and all her siblings, so I found one because I like this particular picture I'm about to show you, um, because it's just her and her, her one sister, Debbie, and we're going to go back to the 1980s. <laughs> I love this picture. Um uh-huh, Don't you love that 80s hair? Come on. How many, all the ladies going, I remember that hair. Yeah, yeah. Some, some, is this coming back around? Isn't it about due? All, all the teenagers going, No, no, it's not coming back around. Uh, but I think you're adorable. I think you're both adorable, you know? So, siblings. You know, I, I thought it was interesting in our story, and we'll look at this more in detail as we go through the chapter. But when Martha and Mary finally get to Jesus, They both have the same complaint. They come to Jesus with different physical manifestations, the way they approach Jesus. Um, They they have different personalities in themselves. But when it all comes down to it, they have the same question. And I have found when it comes to Christians, we might have different giftedness, we might have different personalities, but when we go through the big struggles of life, the big hurts of life, the, the fundamental questions that we have are pretty much the same thing. And oftentimes it's, God, if you'd have been here, it had been different, where were you? Ever been times, and again, maybe you're too spiritual for this, and maybe you've never had this, I don't need to be, maybe you've never had and if you haven't, I admire you and envy you. But there have been times in my spiritual walk where there'll be seasons where I'm praying and praying and praying and over some issue, and it just seems like God never listens, and I'm like, you know, you ever start this, and then I start reminding God of all the good things I've done for Him, <laughs> of why I'm such a good boy, unlike my brother. You know, I'm 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 the good guy. You know, I never did this. I faithfully serve. You know, I, I I've never done drugs and alcohol. I've never done anything. I've never I've never you know beat my sister. I never you know. I, I, so I, and why do I get an awful disease? Maybe in your life, there's some folks here. Maybe you. Are in a marriage relationship, and you say, you know, when we started married, there, there was such a good thing there, and we had such a love for one another, and maybe it was even a, a, a relationship. I've seen these where you start out, and both people, both the husband and wife, are both committed to their faith, and then along the way, the the, the one of the one of the the spouse, uh, the the husband or the wife, just falls away, doesn't love God, does not interested in God anymore, and the marriage gets worse and worse and then there's conflict and pretty soon you're going every single day there's just nothing but pain and you're, you're praying about it and you're asking God to change this other person and to change you and you're praying, you pray, praying and it seems like nothing happens and you're going, God, where are you? Sometimes as a pastor I've heard folks that have come to me and said Pastor, we've prayed for a child for years. We just want a baby. And every time that We do get a pregnancy, we lose the pregnancy. How come I look around in our world and you find in the news almost on a weekly basis some. Some, you know, evil, wicked adult that, that is mistreating their, their own children. Or today we have parents that literally will sell their own children into sex trafficking. And you look at all that and you go, God, if, if you trusted me with a child, I'd give them this wonderful home. How, how come they have that child uh, and have a child and I don't? God, where in the world are you? Maybe you're like me in the fact that you're an older parent and you've raised kids and you know you talk to God and you say we did what we believed was right we weren't perfect right parents? (laughs) if you know if you've parented longer than a day you know we don't do it very well we're we're not perfect but we're trying and I'm trying to do what you want me to do I'm trying to put biblical principle in, in our family and but we spent the time and invested financially, and somehow along the way, our kids have rejected us, rejected our faith, reject, and we pray and pray, and sometimes, like, God, where are you? And I imagine I could go on and on with some of the battles that you and I face as we go through life. But I want, as we go through John 11, for you to consider that Martha and Mary don't just take him as some kind of figure that you know but I want you to think about the the reality of their circumstance that here's two sisters and a brother that really loved each other and Lazarus is sick and he dies and imagine being with them at the burial site don't you think their heart was broken don't you think maybe they were a little disillusioned and a little upset with Jesus we know throughout the stories we're going to look at as we go through John 11 they were well aware of the things that Jesus was capable of they knew and the first thing they say to him when they see him, Jesus, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. I. e. Where were you? So as we begin this long, I don't know how long it's gonna be as long as I'll go through chapter eleven or until you guys don't have any no interest in it again, which that may be by next week. I don't know. Um, But we're going to go through John 11, Lord willing. And I want us to enter into the pain that this family endures. And my prayer is that you and I experience some biblical principles that will build our faith and bring grace and revival in our hearts in understanding when we go through the seasons where we, we really don't hear from God and He doesn't seem to be answering our prayers. What's going on and maybe why, God, are you allowing this and maybe what are you doing through it? And let me say right up front, is I really resisted doing this chapter, as I read through it several times with this theme in mind. Because sometimes as pastors, it's, it's a great pressure when people come up and sometimes, you know, we, we feel the expectation to have all the answers. So my KCS quote for the day is, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> okay, let me make that really clear. I don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, I may have as many questions as you. Maybe I have even more. This is a journey that we'll all go through together, but I believe that while I don't have the answers, faith and the Word of God does have the answers. And I'm so thankful that as a Christian, one of the reasons I love being a Christian as opposed opposed to other world religions, is in in the Christian faith and the Word of God, the Bible tells us what people went through. The Bible's not afraid to take people who I consider Martha and Mary both as heroes of the faith. And we see that these heroes, They struggled. They made some wrong conclusions. They didn't handle it perfectly. And so the Bible is very relatable because the very thing that they go through in this chapter is things that many of us in this room have already gone through. And maybe there's an area in your life right now that you're going through. Let me just say to the beginning, if you are suffering, God does know as somebody who is mildly acquainted with this. God does know. And you may be thinking, well, I really, you know, I just can't say these things. I don't want to verbalize them. You know, one of the one of the theological truths that that is a blessing to me is the fact that the omniscience of God, that God knew all your secret feelings before you were even born. He knew every evil thought. He knew every wicked thing you'd ever do. He knew every time that you would curse him underneath your breath or maybe out loud and yet he still loved you so as you have these experiences in your life and you're battling them hey God is not surprised nor is he threatened by your doubts and your fears but you're never going to come to some kind of peace and I'm not promising through this next several weeks I'm going to be able to give every answer that's not necessarily the point But I will tell you this, if you're ever going to get any way of dealing with it through a dry season and then back into a rich season where you experience God in a greater measure, it'll never happen unless you have an honest relationship with God. It has to be honest. Not the playing the games, not the cute little phrases we use, but being raw before God and say, God, right now I feel and it appears to me that you've left me. Doesn't it feel good just to say it? Because if you've served God in length of time, you felt it. But God, I'm going to choose by faith to believe that I know that you do love me. And God, I want you to show me through these failed human vessels of Lazarus and Martha and Mary how I can walk through some really deep valleys when I'm wondering, God, where are you? Um, it's amazing to me how quickly... Life goes from, in my case, it goes from being in the Iwana Club to Bible college to marriage to ministry to raising a family to having grandkids. It just seems like it was 10 minutes ago. Several years ago, when I was back at Bible College when I was at Pensacola Christian um, I met a guy that I played sports against in, back in my hometown we were rivals Christian school rivals hated those guys they are a bunch of cheaters, they played dirty that's, they only won when they played dirty you know, that's how they won, how they won. I'm, Berean Baptist people if you're watching here from Berean Baptist, Pastor Swanson you know who I'm talking about um and then this guy ended up going to college with me, and I found out he was on campus, and I said, i got to go confront this guy and say, this campus ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> what I didn't know is he'd been in the public high school before he went to Christian school and was a wrestler. <laughs> but nice to have known that before I went and decided to beat him up in his classroom because that didn't go well. I, I, I lost that conflict. But he and I became very dear friends, and uh, the girl that would become his wife, her maiden name is Tokars with a T, and back in those days at PCC, you know, my last name being ST, near almost a T, her and I sat by each other and I helped them meet each other and then they ended up being married together and married for years and years and they planted a church. Uh, our first church helped them plant a church in Michigan and Open Door has helped them a, little, a couple times along the way when they had special outreach. It's a rural church and um, serve the Lord faithfully. And I, matter of fact, I have a picture. This is my buddy Keith. And his dear wife, Pam, and that's taken back. I was in their wedding, Lakeland, Florida. Um, I had no idea. I'd end up pastoring right down the road from where they got married. It was an amazing thing. But um, last week, you know, it was yesterday, they held Pam's funeral service. And it just, you know, she had a, she battled, I'll tell you, she battled R.A., rheumatoid arthritis, which is far more than just the joint pain that's an autoimmune disease that's can be awful. And Pam's my age, 58 years old. And I knew when she was getting sick, but I didn't realize it was that bad until Keith sent me a note saying, hey, why don't you know that Pam Pam's gone. She's in glory. I'm thinking that she I I, I knew her for 30 years, 40 years, 30 years, 30, 30, 40 years, long time. Faithful servant of God, a joyful person, a godly mother, a gifted teacher. And I'm like, God, if you're going to heal anybody, why not her? And sometimes I like, God, where are you? So we we begin these next couple of weeks, I want you to consider what are the areas of your life where you're asking that question of God. And let's enter into a walk with Martha and Mary and see if God can teach us something. Amen. Lord, thank you for the teaching of your word this morning. Thank you for the fact that we do know the end of the story, that Lazarus was raised from the dead, and so we know that death is not all there is and that there is a coming day of resurrection and that we know that heaven is a real place Lord, I pray if there's one that's listening today online or through some audio streaming line or wherever, or here in person, doesn't know you as their personal Savior, they don't know that if they were to die, they would go to heaven, I'd say, dear friend, God's offering you forgiveness for everything you've ever done. Jesus died on the cross for your sin to make it right with God, and then he rose again so that he possessed eternal life that he could then offer to you by faith. Would you believe in Christ for eternal life today? How about it, dear Christian, as there are areas of your life or times or in a season where you're praying and it's just like the prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and it's like, God, I'm I'm having a challenge of my faith. My dear friend, I want to give you just a small measure of hope this morning through God's Word and through some people that historically lived that dealt with some doubts and some issues just like you are. I would just ask you this morning, would you be willing just to be honest with God this morning, right where you are, and just talk to God. Say, God, this is exactly raw how I feel. And God, I want you to help me. I want to find you. And God, I know by faith that you love me. Would you do it? Holy Spirit of God, seal decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me this morning?